Welcome to Two Fools Trying to Make a Musical, about two fools trying to make a musical. To stay up to date on news, share your thoughts and opinions, and generally spend more time thinking about this, you should please visit twofoolstrying.com. That's T-W-O foolstrying.com. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Fools Trying. Last time on Two Fools Trying to Make a Musical. First ladies! <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows where people leave going, oh God, all I hear in my head is first ladies! Well, let's, let's hope they don't leave right after that song. So Martha Washington out first. Just says, woohoo, hey everybody, Dolly Madison here. No one will know we ripped that off. The country was a-growing fast. Doo-dah, doo-dah. doo-dah. But now it looks like a train wreck. Everyone goes, doo-dah, doo-dah. doo-dah. Only because I don't know what Victorian-era music is, Joe. <laughs> Neither does anyone else, so I can write anything I want. Oh, yes, of course, sorry. Rhyme, 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 dance, dance, parade. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me is trying to set some of this to music, right? Ah, tag, you're it. All right. Hi, Steve. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Great. You're all set for this maybe final, I think probably almost definitely final episode of season one? Uh, Isn't everybody? (laughs) And you know, as I <laughs> as I was thinking about it, Joe, you know, as we as we slowly dwindle down to whatever handful of friends remain <laughs> that are really only listening so they can speak intelligently about what we said <laughs> I, in case it comes up in conversation. You you, know, you have a very <laughs> optimistic view of the people that we know. <laughs> it's you know, it seems like only yesterday, Joe, that we just taped our last episode. That's right. Especially when they're binge listening to this thing, they get it over with as soon as possible. So how long has it been, Joe, in real time? In real time, I don't know, a uh, couple of weeks, maybe. Oh, my gosh. What have we been doing? Well, uh, which we? The royal we? Or, uh... <laughs> I mean, I I think you've been working on your tan. Um and I have been busily writing music. That was very exciting. Taking the uh, magnificent script that you sent um, and every uh, just pouring over each word and syllable. <laughs> Giving it the just do. Yes. And require. thinking, all right, well, uh, how do I set this particular word and how do I try and make it all sound interesting from a musical point of view i've got a few thoughts about a couple of things in there so we, we can get as to do that. i yeah so uh i had a my my daughter wanted me to tell you this joe because it came up at breakfast this morning oh, yeah i had oh a, i had a dream last night in which you were featured oh this this can't go well so <laughs> i was in a house and this is a frequent motif of mine uh, we're in a house that's somewhat new somewhat familiar with my family, like we're living there and there's a large wing of it. That's awesome, but is frightfully haunted. Mm. And so I went into that wing forgetting again, that it was haunted going, man, why don't we come in here more? (laughs) You were with me and I was with my twins and uh, you, you unleash the demon in the closet. Ah, Yes. And I said, oh, that's why. And the twins and I left. And the last thing I remember seeing of you is looking back inside through the window and you were trying to talk it through and it wasn't going well. You were getting beat on pretty heavily. By the demon. Yes. Mm. So I thought that was the perfect segue to start talking about your music. Well, that is... (laughs) Let's beat on you some more. Yeah, that is about um, my relationship with my own work. (laughs) Yes, the demon that lies within. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oy. So, so how do we how do we talk about it? Because I listened to it, and I have some thoughts. So I sent you. Want to go first, or you? Yeah. What just, do you want to do? I want to I want to explain um, uh, to our listener what mm-hmm. what I sent you, which is um, I I worked on 
um, a music notation program, Sibelius, which I, I love, and uh, put it all in there. I try to get even changes of tempo, definitely changes of key, and it's all, uh, for, the, for the most part, um, a piano and this sort of computerized fake voice thing that I sent you. Uh, that that was the bulk of of scene one. Prior to that, I had done some work on uh, on the first lady's theme. The whole the the whole thing the the one the one musical request that you'd had slash the whole reason for us doing this, which was That's to right. to somehow get in first ladies into <laughs> into the show that's right and let me tell you when i played that for my wife i was just listening to it because you had sent it to me <clears throat> and she said what what is that i said can't you tell it's first ladies <laughs> and she dropped what she was doing and her face left she said what <laughs> I love it. She oh, beat from ear to ear. She wow, said, it's great. She loved. Wow. It. So when we left off, well, let's the, hang the first... on before we. So so why don't we? Why don't we play that for yes, our listener? The ladies' theme. Yes. So they they can a little a snippet of it, um, and and what I'll do so so the listener is not subjected to the fake voice thing sound that I'd put in, I will, um, and with full apology to everyone, <laughs> I will attempt to sing. God help us. I can't us. wait. Really. I can't it, wait. I, you know, I talk, I talk choir for years. I'm not a singer. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a singer. I, I mean, I can teach something. But as we established before, Joe, it'll sound British, so everyone will love it. <laughs> so don't Well, it that. will sound like this. That's which right. Is, <laughs> Which is the church choir. So That's possibly it, the only thing that could make it even better than it already is. <laughs> well, I think, you know what, actually, I had a thought about this. So if I actually sang like this, it's probably how Dolly Madison sounded. That's my guess. Absolutely, yes. That's what I think. So let's play that now. First ladies, first ladies, just come on in and hear our verse. First ladies, first ladies, some lady had to be the first. We managed to both work and play, let's meet the ones who paved the way. First ladies, 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 first ladies. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> so did you what what did you think with me singing? Well, it definitely was historically accurate. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hashtag that was historically accurate is gonna trend now. <laughs> and it's gonna mean exactly what you think but it I, means. I, I tell you the First ladies, first ladies. I just, I, it's catchy, and I hope so. You know, people. Well, people say all the time, "Hey, you know, I want to see a musical where I come out of the theater humming a tune." Yeah, and I, I tend to think, really, do you? <laughs> because sometimes, well, you come out of a, it's a small world after all, humming a tune. Also, yeah, that's right. You know? be, so be careful I, what you wish for. Exactly. I, but I think it's it's definitely an earworm, but I think it's an earworm of the positive kind, I think. What what do you think? I, I, I will admit I'm a little close to it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to so the way the way I generally like to work is I will write something, leave it alone for a while, you know, work on it intensely. Um, How uh, intensely did you work on that, by the way? On that? Um, yeah. I mean, I played around with the, trying to get the right kind of idea for that 
for that text for that for those lyrics um and i you know that that was maybe the fourth or fifth kind of version really so that the whole the whole you know first ladies um that wasn't the difficult part the difficult (laughs) yeah think thinking about the melody and the rhythm and trying trying to get the the pacing right it's not even four beat phrases or four measure phrases it kind of cuts off because it a little early. There's a, a there's a two beat measure in there at the end of the phrase, rather than sort of waiting for two more beats, because I wanted to keep it going and to generate this frenetic sense in my mind. I was I was seeing kick lines and oh, um, yes. flashing lights and and yes. r- just general ridiculousness. So yes. I needed to keep that going in the music. I needed you know one one chorus line coming through the from the back. They they sort of cut through like the Rockettes or something. You know yes. they sort of come through. So I was trying to keep all of that in mind as I was writing and thinking no this that doesn't work I've got to I've got to sort of up the intensity of this so the 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 chord changes the the phrasing I mean all of that is sort of whirring around my head and trying to play with massaging a particular idea to eventually and get it into the shape that it is and it may I mean it may still I'm, I'm sure it will adjust as we go but well, it was a, that was a big hit, and what right. I think is interesting is uh, well, what you made with the with the Couch family that was a big hit. So, but then w- the the first musical snippet you shared with me and with all of us was actually what became the prologue, right? Right. And I feel like the prologue leading, which is a lot slower, that then leads into this nonsense. Yes, makes it even better. So I think that's really great. Hopefully. And we should, let's remind our listener, let's remind ourselves what that sounds like. And yes. I, again, apologies for the singing. When you're more than you are destined for, life can be a chore every day. Living through what you're allowed to do When you know that you have more to say Your country says that it needs you But the barbs are what truly bleed you When they don't really even see you just your hair okay so there it was <laughs> right so that was so, that was a snippet of it that wasn't the whole thing obviously but yeah. um, so now we've got the prologue yeah we've got the first lady's theme and then what i gave you next to deal with yes. and i'm interested to hear what you thought about this was the entire interior section musicalized yes. where we have a brief moment where we introduce each and every one of the first ladies in this cast of 45 women we've now required someone to do yeah that that was a formidable <laughs> and, task yes and doing it with as i suggested different musical styles relative to their time period so why don't you tell me a little bit about how you felt about putting that together? Because I did not know how you were going to do that. I, I, so the process was, it started with this this notion of contrast between an individual singing and the chorus coming in. Yes. With with I had in the back of my mind this idea of changing musical styles, and we'll talk a little about that as we go. Um you know, I, I started at the beginning and kind of worked through. And as I got further into it, um, I would stop. And th- this is the this is the nice thing for me about working with a program like Sibelius, which is a music notation program, is it will play it back. Now, 
it plays back exactly what you write. So you have to put in what you want, including time mm -hmm. changes and key changes mm -hmm. and tempo changes and that kind of so thing. So you can actually sit back and listen to it. Yes. That's nice. Yes, it is incredibly helpful. And mm. I I don't have to be as, as skilled as... Um, you know, the great composers of history, uh, to keep it all in my head, I can put it on the laptop and have it play it back to me. And of course, it plays back what you put in. And what I put in was a piano and a fake voice. Now, I'm usually imagining what it sounds like when it's fully scored, not just the piano and fake voice sound. Mm -hmm. And when I play music to someone else, they hear the piano and fake voice sound. They don't hear what I'm hearing. Strangely enough, they can't read my mind, which is something my wife has been trying to teach me for a number of years now. <laughs> Let's say, uh, you know, a particular hero of mine, Jonathan Tunick, who was Stephen Sondheim's orchestrator, um, who is Stephen Sondheim's orchestrator, I, I guess. He'll take a vocal score, piano voice music, mm -hmm. and, and make it sound amazing. But for right now, it sounds like a piano and a fake voice. So... There was always that going on in my head as I was playing it back. I was thinking, oh, okay, well, that could, you know, we could have, that could be mostly strings, or this could be some, this could be a sort of rock band, or this could be that, you know. So it's, there's always that going on. Um, as far as the process of creating the notes, I did start with your suggestion in the script, which was um, the classical... Like, perhaps we start with something classical. And I'm thinking, all right, we've gone from the this sort of show tune slow opening right. to this kind of rock, intense, ridiculous opening First Lady's theme number right. to something that could be um, a little more classical. And it might be mostly piano. Who knows? You know, so we had, we had this... Um, uh, little ditty that went um, so that little idea that opened it and I started with that initially I wrote a melody that was fairly even nice four beat four measure phrases that's for Martha who opens it up then sketched out the whole phrase tried not to get too analytical on the first pass Quickly, though, I was thinking about how it was going to be presented. So how the singer actually was going to sing it. Uh, what will the singer need from me to make sure the words are clear? Um, it's not even four-bar phrases in the end. I've written in space. I've written in rests. Um, I've done that to give space to the performer that I think she'll need to enunciate clearly to make sure the words make sense. Uh, maybe give space for some laughs. You never know. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> right. There so, will almost certainly be some. Yeah, right. One way or another. One way or another. Right. So it's so it's sort of written in this notion of colla voce, which which means with the voice, so, which means um, so the the accompaniment follows the singer. So if the singer wants to take a little time to say certain words, then that's what we do. But what I've done, instead of just writing Colavoce, I've kind of written it in. So you, so particularly because, um, you know, when you're playing it back, you don't get, you can't just write Colavoce and the, the computer knows what you're talking about. So maybe what we do is we, you know, if I, uh, I'll, we could have a little listen to that opening phrase so our listener knows what we're talking about. Does that sound good? Yes. Okay. I had to visit camp a lot Because the general was gone a ton I was happiest at Mount Vernon And my name is Martha Washington All right, so there it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you want to say anything about that, or do you want to keep going and kind of talk about the well, whole thing? Well, uh, I yes, I, I have a well, I have a question based on what you've just been talking about. So, generally, what the scene does is we introduce all these first ladies, and yes, we introduce 
four of them in this classical style. Right. And then the chorus comes in. Right. Because they're still there. Yes. Then we introduce a few more. Right. Still kind of in that style and so on. And as we move through time, so to speak, then, you know, we've got these different sequences. But, you know, you mentioned uh, orchestration. Yeah. When, when do you... Th- when do you think that happens? So let's say you and I finish this thing. Yeah. We've written a script, we have the lyrics and you've created a, you know, a, a, all the songs. Yeah. Does orchestration then come after? And do you see yourself being the orchestrator as well as composer? And what kind of orchestra do you think we have? Is it is it an orchestra or is it a band? How and when is that going to happen? When would it happen? Uh, much, much closer to production. Uh, now, the orchestration itself would happen sooner than we engage musicians. Right. But for the band or the orchestra, I'm not talking about the 27-piece orchestra that Arthur Sullivan used for the Savoy Operas. Right. Yeah. What, what you said you com- you said you compose with this with this orchestration kind of in your head. I'm just wondering what your orc- what's in your head. What what do you think we have? Um well, probably um let's assume that we have it's fully funded. <laughs> and <laughs> we've got investors uh you know ready to just throw money at this thing. Well, hey, if we can assume that we finish it, I think we can assume any of that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So I I suppose finishing it is the first part, first step, right? Right. So if we if we assume that, then yeah, we can assume the rest. So given all those, what would you what would you think we have? I would I would think a couple of a couple of reeds, um, which bit by reeds I mean reed players that can play multiple reed instruments. Um, so you know, reed one might play the flute and piccolo and maybe an alto sax and maybe a and. Uh, soprano sax read two might be an oboe player maybe uh maybe a, a clarinet and, and tenor sax um so you know you've got these two players that can play multiple instruments you've got a trumpet player maybe a horn french horn player maybe a, a trombonist um maybe a violin as well you i mean you're not I, I doubt whether we're going to have the space or the budget to uh, have a full string section. So I would think, you know, a violinist for, to be able to play solo violin stuff. Um, and this is this is wish list, right? This is wish list well, orchestration. Sure. Could... Um, at this point, we can have anything we want, right? So, right. Um, so and then behind that, uh, may, maybe, a, maybe a cello as well, maybe. Um, so you've got your read one, read two, trumpet, French horn, trombone, and then a band. So I'd think one, hopefully maybe two keyboard players, um, bass guitar, drums, and percussionist. I guess that's what I'm asking. Like when I go to see, for example, Phantom, yeah, that feels like feels like you know kind of a full orchestra type thing. Yeah. If I be. go to see, if I right, if I go to see Wicked, it feels more pop. Yes. Right. Yes. So, are we leaning more in the pop direction? Do you think? Because that's the way I see it. Uh, yeah, I think the way I hear it is a cross section. I def definitely leaning more pop, but with the potential. I mean, if we want to have classical sound, you can't just do that on keyboards. Right. Um, but I'm thinking eight, ten. 12 maybe if we're lucky that might be pushing it for a young show right but i would i would think at least six i mean i could we could do this with a band and maybe a reed player if do you do you see yourself orchestrating this yourself or would you have someone else do it you know it's interesting because i was talking with carrie about uh jonathan tunic the other day and you know when I when I talked about this very question, the idea of orchestration, and she said, "What do you mean? What what? Stephen Sondheim yeah, doesn't orchestrate his own stuff." Yeah, that never occurred to me either. I have to be honest. Well, to get that Broadway sound, or perhaps more specifically, a Broadway sound that is unique to you and the notes that you write, takes an incredibly unique skill set. 
uh, it's a step in the process a composer might not want to do or might not have the experience doing or the time to do or might just it might just be recognizing that someone else, uh, particularly Jonathan Tunick, is just way better at than you. So what would you do? Would that be you? Would you want to retain control over the creation of your work and see it through? Or would you be more interested in farming? I'm just curious. Would you prefer to farm it out and maybe collaborate with somebody else and get another mind on it? I just wonder what you your thinking is on that. Well, I will say... I've had small experience orchestra or reorchestrating something for the West End because when the Doily Cart Opera Company, when I worked for them, um, they went into uh, the Queen's Theatre on um, Shaftesbury Avenue in London with a production of Pirates of Penzance. And I was asked to reorchestrate uh, Arthur Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance music and reorchestrate it for nine players. So it was 27 down to nine. So I had a mm. modest experience with that. But I will tell you that um, uh, during I, I learned a lot because I sat and um, listened to the orchestra and John Owen Edwards, who was the music director, um, and I, you know, I kind of sat in a couple of rehearsals, and they went, "Oh my God, what like <laughs> this? This orchestration doesn't work at all." Um, <laughs> so I think I can't remember exactly what it was. Something with a flute and a clarinet and a piano, and uh, you know, I just I hadn't I hadn't written it very well. Um, so that was your one and only orchestration attempt. So I guess I know how you feel about orchestrating this sucker. Yeah, well, I I when I write original stuff yes i write it myself but if i i mean if frankly if we were to have the opportunity to bring in an orchestra you know an orchestrator who knew what they were doing for broadway hell yeah i mean wow interesting yes absolutely let's have someone to make it sound like it's a professional production because I I would absolutely love to learn to do that but the skill set that professional orchestrators have currently I don't and I think it would be something I would absolutely love to do and have more experience doing but when we're trying to put a production on it's time that we don't have well that's interesting because not being a musician myself uh like Carrie, it never really occurred to me that there's much of a difference between a composer and an orchestrator. But I, I guess I get that now. So that's that's well, interesting. Well, you know, my my uh, my response to her when she talked about that was someone like so. If you're talking about opera, um, no, there's no orchestrator. I mean, if you're doing it in the, if if it's classical, you don't have a separate orchestrator. Wagner wrote out everything himself. Um, now, I mean, you, you know, so he was very impressive from a musical perspective. He was a disgraceful anti-Semite. So, um, you know, <laughs> there is that. Uh, the, Didn't we, know that either. Yeah, we don't like we don't like Wagner on a personal well, level. did like him. Indeed, he did. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, Mahler, I mean, Gustav Mahler, uh, not that he wrote opera, but um, he, I mean, he did write orchestra and voice stuff um but his symphony i mean you write out all everything you want as a classical composer um exactly where you want it and played by instruments and that is very much part of a classical composer's wheelhouse but when you but you know theater is the ultimate collaborative sport i mean you bring in people I mean, we wouldn't be doing set design. We wouldn't be doing lighting design. Orchestrations is another um, arm that you, Interesting. you have I've to think about. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. Well, now that I've enjoyed uh, that vision of our future, which will never occur. That's right. Back to the... <laughs> wipe it from your memory. Yeah. So for, we'll edit Or your that. imagination. Yeah. Yeah. So then what, so what you had to do then is you had to uh, then compose these other musical pods throughout the first scene. Yes. And you had like a 20s kind of flappery thing. I called for a Stephen Foster-ish Camptown Races thing in the late 1800s. We got kind of a big bandy type thing and, and then a early rock and roll-y 
kind of thing. Yep. And how hard was it to go through those different styles and string that all together? Because I did not know how you were going to do that. Um, I I think once I, I went back and forward a little bit on on some of them. Um, once I had a theme, like a melody. So that melody from from the beginning, for example, when the Martha Washington thing. So uh, this. Um, that's just a you know one five one five for the technically mm-hmm. minded. And then it kind of ends with this minor chord before it it goes back to. Sort of goes back to that at the beginning. So once I had that theme, I mean, I'm not going to say it was relatively simple, but I had a I had a, a mold to work from. And then you kind of change, you know, instead of making it sound classical, um, rock and roll it pretty easily. So there is something thematic on Um, yeah, I, I don't think that actually, that little musical thing I just played features anywhere. But I mean, you can, yeah, there's there is different different melod- melodic themes occur throughout this. We had that idea comes back. Um, we had the the chorus melody, uh, which was um, uh, this. Uh, early on, first ladies wasn't even a thing. Oh no, I can't. Let me do that again. Well, I'll his edit that right out. His yeah, absolutely. Here's what the um, <laughs> here's what this sounds like. Here's what the first ladies chorus thing sounds like. Early on, first ladies wasn't even a thing. The first first ladies bravely had to enter the ring. Right? Did you enjoy that? Good. Okay. So yes. Um, so you don't want to do the orchestration? You're telling me is that? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. Um, I no. It, even I would do the orchestration any time before I had to perform any of this. Um, <laughs> I see. Yeah. If it's a devil's choice. Yes. All right. So you, when you strung all of that together and all of those first ladies and all of those different musical styles with this thematic thing running through, that is 26 pages that yeah. you sent me of scored music. Now that does not include the first ladies theme we're going to put on the front and on the back end of that scene. And it does not include the prologue that kicks it all off. That's right. So we're probably looking at close to 40 pages of a musicalized opening first scene which scripted is about uh seven pages yeah how long did it take you to do all that um i was working fairly solidly for two weeks Mm. on this and that i would say is fast because it's not it's not just sitting down and writing it. It's it, it's Oh sitting... yeah, you gotta think of something. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. You know, I mean you've gotta you gotta play with the words. Um, exactly. See what works. Um and usually actually most of the time it's finding things that don't work. Um and then so what work what melody and chords might work for a particular line of text. And then how to contrast it, as we just heard, the chorus section sounds very different and it needs to punctuate and it needs to sound different. Break it up. Yeah. yeah. But then, of course, if you go back to it, you can't just repeat it. That would be too similar and then it's boring. It, exactly. And right. on that note in the script, uh, it, in the script, it stays within a classical style for a while at the beginning. So when we have this classical style opening then there's the chorus section then it goes back to a classical style before moving to the Stephen Foster style but instead of going back to classical after the chorus I have this thing uh, with Elizabeth Monroe um, yes the call me la belle American or yes just Mrs. Monroe please uh um, yeah I caught that 
Yeah. So I so rather than going back to classical because I I, I had it as a similar thing as the um, Martha Washington music initially, and then I was listening back to it and listening. I thought, God, this is boring. Um, ah. I don't. I you know I, I don't want to listen to this. I want something that's a little. You know, um, so so that's where that's where this you know this kind of you know this kind of thing comes from. But that comes back, and I found that that little section ended up being very useful uh, because that appears. More than once, but particularly and most importantly, I found it it leads us out of this and into the very end section, which is a reprise of the First Lady's theme. And I needed something that was up and driving to get from um, that, you know, that kind well, it's of... not too big of a shock. Right. So, you, yeah, we, we had this, you know, this kind of... Um, uh, and then we go back into... Uh, for the first latest thing. So, so I, uh, I have two questions then. Go. Did you enjoy this process or was it just work? And two, how do you feel about it now that you've finished something and sent it to me in whatever state it's in? Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I find, I, I find music writing at its worst frustrating and a complete waste of uh, life. <laughs> Well, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's this process of, you know, you spend all this time kind of working on an idea and you think you've got a great idea and you think you're like, oh, okay. And you put down your figurative pencil and then uh, you come back to it the next day and you think that is arguably the worst thing anyone's written in the history of the universe. And it doesn't work. And it's, you know, I don't write words. I don't, you know, I'm not a script writer. I'm not a novelist. I, but I, my guess is that there's, that thought occurs to script writers and, and novelists yeah. from time to time. Yeah. Um, the, the, the difference, though, I think, is that there is such a, such a critical part of music writing is timing. Because it doesn't happen in music doesn't happen in the vacuum. You can't listen to music in the same way you can read a book. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how many novelists write it, with, you know, write their novel with the assumption that it's going to be read in one sitting. I mean, you kind of, you know, you create chapters. I, I, you know, I guess that's what that there for. You know, you kind of hope that a chapter is going to be read in one go. But I think people hold the information and in, they hold written information in their head better than they hold musical information in their head because we spend more time with written information. I don't know. People have more experience reading books than they have listening to music and really listening to music. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, you know, there's a similarity with script writing because scripts don't make sense in abstract. There is a timing element to, there's a, the, or the element of time is important in scripts. You're writing something that's designed to be happening in real time. Pacing. Yeah. Pacing. And I think a lot, you know, a lot of that is is going to come from the, you have to leave room for the performers to make you yes. look good, to yes. make your music sound good. So you got to have someone who can sing it and to have your, you know, your dialogue seem to be enjoyable or useful. You got to have a performer that can breathe some life into it. Absolutely. So are you satisfied with what you made? Yeah, I I think so. As a first All right. As a a first good draft, I would say this is a um this is not my first idea. It's maybe the third or fourth or fifth idea. Um So I don't even see I don't even agree then when you say, well this is my first draft. I mean, you went through you you were discarding as you go. Yes. It's complete. You might revise it. 
but you went through multiple drafts in in pieces parts. Yes. And I think I do the same because usually when I write a scene, I, you know, I don't come back to it and play with it a lot. There it is. I, I will change it when I write a later scene and I realize, oh, well, what this person says is now not consistent with what I did later or or things like that. But I tend not to revisit a lot. And then that makes me think, man, you know, I'm really lazy. I hear about all these people spending all this time revising and editing and tossing stuff out. Well, you know what? I bet I do more of that than I think when I'm doing the actual writing process. Yeah, I would think you know so. What I mean? So I, I probably do more revision and editing than I think. Well, and All of right. course, a good idea on paper is better than a great idea in your head. Right. And, you know, actually, that's one of the things that I learned in freshman composition at Miami University in Ohio, naturally, for our international listeners. Naturally. <laughs> right. For our, for our one, Miami. Th- thanks, Mum. Yeah, so, that's right. So my mom knows <laughs> what Miami you're talking was about. a university before Florida was a state, is what we say. Right. I took freshman composition, and it was just a freshman class I had to take. And but I read a book called Right to Learn, which was a um, it was the required book for that course, and it was just a guy who writes an essay and he the book is about him writing this essay. Yeah. Kind of like what we're doing through this podcast but he does it in a book. And one of the most important insights I got from that is he he writes this essay and then he puts the essay in the book and he lets you read it and then afterwards he says, "Okay, so here's what I think of this essay." And he basically trashes it. But he which is what I always thought of my own writing a lot of the time. But what he said is I just needed to get it out. I needed to get it on paper. Yep. Is it good? No, it's not very good. But it's much easier to revise or play with something than it is to create something out of thin air. 100%. Yes. And I thought, wow, you know, what an interesting <laughs> – I mean, duh, right? But I had never thought about it that way. I would always – writing was always, you know, for English class or whatever, and it was always very painful. I was a good writer, I was told a lot of the time, but I never really thought of myself as a natural writer because I know, uh, for example, a friend of mine who collaborates, uh, who collaborated with me when I was learning how to write scripts for theater camp and he helped me write my earlier scripts. He's since written a book. Man, that guy could turn out pages in, in minutes seemingly effortlessly. And for me, it was just so painful yeah. to, to generate any volume of material. And what I realized is what this guy said in his book, I said, dang, I'm trying to create something fully formed in a first draft. You don't need to do that. Just put it out there on the page and then you can play with what you have. You know, Harrison Harrison Bertwistle, the guy that I studied composition with at, um, at King's told me exactly the same thing. He said, the most important thing you can do is, get out whatever's in your head onto the page. He said, yes. that, that's it. The, the, rest, the rest of it is gravy. I mean, he didn't say the rest of it. It was gravy. He had this, uh, he was kind of taught like this. It came from Accrington in uh, Lancashire. That's a terrible, it's in North England's terrible accent. I apologize. And he said, uh, get it out, get it out your head, put it on paper. Um, and And that was... That's my uh, Harrison Bertwistle impression, everybody. So, uh, if you're looking for, if you're looking, for, I've been waiting eight episodes for that. That's right. If you if you need, I, I take bookings to to do Bertwistle impressions. <laughs> All right. Well, then I've got my notes on what you put on the page. Okay. So before we leave this, you want to you want to hear some of my thoughts on it. I I would like to hear what you think. Okay. So the first. When I gave this thing for you to to score, I just had no idea how you were going to do it because it seemed like such an impossible task we set up for ourselves. Yeah. When the first time I listened to it, my first thought was – So hang on. Can oh, I <laughs> – before yeah. you launch into this, yes, <laughs> we've established that I've I spent you know the time that I did getting it to this stage and you've yes. asked me more than once am I happy with it. <laughs> and I've said, I've said yes. And now is this the point where you trash it? 
I, I'm well, just, remember I'm, the dream I had earlier, Joe. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Your turn. Now, my first, the first thought I had was, I don't, I don't know if it moves fast enough. Okay. Because I thought, oh my god, just, just, just me listening to it on a first pass. In my mind, I had. I envisioned women coming forward going, I'm Martha Washington, and, blip, 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 and I'm, you know, something Adams, and blah, 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 and away they go. Right. Like they do in the pageants that we see. And you actually gave them some time. I did. Like you described. And my first thought was, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. I don't know that, how's this going to work? I went through it then, I listened to the whole thing that way, following your score and the lyrics and everything, and, and then... I went back to it a second time, and I felt di- I felt differently. And I kind of compare it to uh, when we saw the last Star Wars movie that came out. Because when we're not doing this, we're going to movies when That's there right. are any. And you know, what, what do you mean going to movies? What's that <laughs> right. like? So when we when we saw Rise of Skywalker, and by the way, if you need to put an explanation corner in at this point, then our readers, our listeners, are godless communists. <laughs> So no explanation corner. I'm just going to talk about it. I'm just going to say, get, you know, go, go, uh, yes, go get Disney Wars Plus. What is the matter with you? Get Disney so Plus. when I, when I watched the last episode, I liked it, but I remembered thinking to myself of the, the one thing I wanted to see, which I didn't see. I wanted a gigantic Jedi ghost army kicking butt. And, uh, well, we didn't see that. We saw other things, but we didn't see that. That's right. I watched it again when it came out on streaming and free of whatever expectations I had just watching it again, I liked it a lot better the second time. And sometimes I think that's what happens. I I don't know what you're going to come up with. And so I listened to a thing and I think, well, I don't know what I had in my head. Uh, probably nothing, <laughs> but it didn't sound like this. Cause I had nothing. When I listened to it the second time, I said, you know what? I, I like it. So no, I don't have uh like a whole long list of complaints. I got a couple of thoughts. Well, let me I, let me tell you, can I can I respond to your thought? Yeah. Because I was having trouble with the pacing. And what I found was either if you're going to move fast through lyrics, they better be simple or um repetitive or um you know, they don't need to mean too much and i think as as i sort of lived with the lyrics i was having trouble with the pacing because i thought initially when i when i first read it i thought okay well this has got to kind of be a a patter song i think we talked i know we talked in a previous episode about the um i am the very model of a modern major general right and that kind of thing but then i thought you know what it's it's so many different people moving through um and this is the only time we get to see some of them. Right. And yeah. I th- and and th- I will say on that point the thought occurred to me like if someone gets cast as Martha Washington <laughs> or you know or, or um this is know, their one thing that they yeah they want to be able to like sing the heck out of that line. Yes. Um there was a little of that thought. But yeah, anyway, so I just want to ju- like, yeah, up. so my my initial thought was maybe we needed to move the tempo generally. But after I listened to it again, I thought your impulse to slow things down was probably correct. So that's – what do you think? That's, that's, that's where I ended up. Well, I do think the impulse to slow things down resulted in – that one section, the you know the La Belle American yes. section, yes. Um, that led to me needing to create that because I thought going back to the slow stuff was boring slow. at that point. Right. But you know what also made it work for me is I went back and I played the First Lady's theme for myself. Right. And then I played the middle section. And then I played the First Lady's theme again. Uh-huh. And knowing what the prologue sounded like, because I said, maybe I need to hear what this whole thing is. Yeah. And when I strung it all together like that, I thought, I mean, I actually got excited. I said, this is, this is great. Like, <laughs> I think it's pretty good. 
So the, the only other things I had were kind of specific things, and I wanted your thoughts on these. Just a general note, how often do we want the chorus to be in unison? I know there's some moments where you broke it up. Yeah. Um, and unison gives us power, but I wonder if there's any more times where you want to think about uh, harmony in there. And oh, did you sure. give much thought to that at all? Um, I, haven't, yet. I haven't given much thought to it, but that's easy. Okay. We can absolutely do right, that. That was one. And by the way, I had no ideas where that would be. It was just a thought that occurred to no, me. No, that's a good thought. There was a moment where we introduced Jane Pierce and Mary Todd Lincoln. Oh, yes. And those are two very not pleasant <laughs> Yes. Jane wrote ladies. letters to her dead son. Right. And Mary lost Abe when the war was won. Those are sad things. Yes. Now, when I wrote it, I was thinking that... Mary and Jane are these very serious people who had serious experiences, and they're in this ridiculous environment. Right. And so I had them, you know, I my description was a Camp Town Races type theme, which you played with. Right. And which I could tell. Where Abigail Fillmore's like, Margaret hated DC life, thinking about singing about Margaret Taylor, and everyone goes, do da, do da. And Margaret says, and Abby was a teacher, then a wife, blah, 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 blah. It's like very simplistic. And then Mary Lincoln comes in, and my thinking was, she's not in on the joke. Right. And goes, Jane wrote letters to her dead son, and everyone's like, ooh, that's terrible. And Jane says, and Mary lost Abe when the war was won, oh, do da day. But the way you wrote it musically, it musically changed. Yes, it did. I wonder. I wonder if it is if it makes more sense for it to musically stay the same. Okay. And Jane and Mary Todd are the ones who don't get it because it sounds like the orchestra is in on the joke. And the way I wrote it is Jane and Mary Todd are the ones who aren't in on the joke. Right. Which I, They yes. don't get what they're a part of. No, I, I know what you're saying. So we've got this up to that point. And I've got, I've got a question about the Abigail Fillmore and Margaret Taylor thing. So we've got... Um, Margaret hated DC life. Abby was a teacher, then a wife. And then something else, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, oh, do da day. And then right now, the way I've got it, it slows down to this. Right. Uh, should be here. Um, Jane wrote letters to her dead son, and Mary lost Abe when the war was won. So you've got this. It it does change, but yes, I get. So it's more. You want it more like. Uh, 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 Jane wrote yeah, letters to right. her dead son. Uh, wait, uh, which key are we in here? So. Jane wrote letters to her dead son. Like that, like just... Yeah, right. So, and... Uh, Mary lost tape when the war was won. And then maybe the music then goes... Yeah. Okay, yes. That, like they bring the thing to a halt. Yeah, we can absolutely change that. That that makes more sense. So, okay. backing up just a little, because we, we were right there. So, Abigail Fillmore, uh, we had... Uh, Margaret hated DC life. Uh, Margaret Taylor sings, Abby was a teacher, then a wife. Now, as I was playing with this, I thought, you know what we need? We need one more line in there where they can both sing it because musically it makes sense to do, rather than just cut it off there, because the lines are kind of short. Right. Um, Rather than just going, uh, Margaret hated DC life. Abby was a teacher, then a wife. Oh, do da day. I thought if we stuck another line in there, if they sing together by we, I mean you. Um, yeah, so we, so it's, it goes, uh, Margaret hated DC life. Abby was a teacher, then a wife. Something, something that rhymes with life. Oh, do da day. Gotcha, gotcha. Right? I can do that. Okay. Okay. So, st- yeah, I th- uh, that was that was something. All right. I loved the – here's another thought. So when we get to the late 1800s, yep. uh, that's the Victorian-era ladies. Yes. And you do a thing beginning with Lucretia Garfield where you kind of create like this chamber music yes. where they're all kind of singing at the same time. Yes. 
And musically, I liked how that broke up the nature of the rest of the scene. Right. I'm just wondering, since as you mentioned yourself, since we're giving each of these ladies their due, are we not giving those ladies their due by doing that? Um, well, not in the same... That is a sacrifice there, right? Um, it... I guess a little sacrifice to the idea of each one, each person getting their moment in the limelight. So maybe they, they sing their lines individually and then sing them again as a chamber. Well, the, so the issue that the issue I had with that is it just makes it so long. Yes. Like it. The, so what, what we needed, what I needed to do musically was kind of move this along. Um, I do think, and this is one of the things I think, um, you you know, music allows us to do very well, is you can have multiple things happening at the same time. Um, and it still makes sense. I think maybe what we do to give the, the, the cast members who sing this a moment is they have something that, you know, at the end of that section, maybe they're the ones they're the ones that sing that first lady section immediately afterwards and not everybody. Or what if just before they do the chamber, I give them each just a line of dialogue briefly in the music before they launch into it. I'm Lucretia and here's Francis. We're of the Victorian era. So blah, 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 blah. And then they do that. That might work. Um, Just over the, over the, the scoring you have leading into that musical moment. So you wouldn't have to change anything except just extend the musical intro a little bit for a second, even yep. a vamp kind of, and I'll just do it with dialogue Yeah, because and then it's, they can sing. It's a, it's a steady. Yes. They can be stepping forward and speaking of themselves. Yes. Yeah. Before like they that. get into it. Yeah, sure. Um, they could do that. I'm thinking. I'm thinking there could be. There's probably something we can do musically. Because we do have some moments where the ladies speak something. Yeah, sure. In the song, sure. So I think that's a moment where we could do that because that would be a little bit of a breakup, also. Yeah. That we hadn't done that for a while. So I'll I'll try an intro line over that underscoring, and I'll throw that in there. Yes. Okay. Okay. Nancy Reagan. Yep. Has a has a great line later where she says, and I said, just say no to all the kids who wanted more cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. So here's, <laughs> here's how I love that. So, I, okay, we're moving, we're moving a little further into the script here. I had a couple of questions. Yes. Uh, right. So um, if you got some before that, let me know, but I, that I'm good with everything else I saw. Unless well, you had okay. Some. No. So there was one, I had to, I was sort of laughing at how awkward this could be. So Betty Ford's line. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people watch their Betty Ford fight drinking and breast cancer too, right? So, <laughs> Well, she did. She did, right? But yeah. I thought, okay, what can I write here? What can I write musically that is... is like she's singing, she sings the words breast cancer. She does. What, what can I write <laughs> that is, you know, at this at, equal to the task, equal to that? T- so I made the, the, the creative choice to get away from syncopation at this point because you can't syncopate breast cancer. <laughs> you just, you just is can't that a maxim in you, music, Joe? Uh, that that is something that they teach you in breast cancer. Music one hundred and one. It's like it's one hundred and two actually, but oh my um, But so it's all straight. It's straight rhythm. But the fact that it's straight rhythm makes it even more ridiculous. Somehow I don't know how, but it's. But I, you know, I just I needed that. That was that was part of the 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 process, and then the Nancy Reagan line with. Um, what is it? So it's, uh, can I play this? What key are we in here? Uh. Uh, no, I can't play it is the answer. Right. So, um, <laughs> 
So it goes, uh, and uh, so, and I said, just say no to all the kids who wanted more cocaine. And then right, this, this idea of absolute, it's, it's a real jazz hands kind of moment. Abs- um, yes, totally jazz hands. And this was my note. Uh, I wanted to double, triple, and quadruple down on that cocaine. I think it should be a big, fat, dirty slide. Yeah. <laughs> And even with a swoop up on the end. Well, we could do... Into the key change. Cocaine! Yes, it absolutely needs to be a big slide. Yeah, you know, maybe there's a little dance break we throw in if if we find that that's that's appropriate. And then my last note, you you played with some of the lyrics the rest of the way with those remaining last first ladies. Yes. I like what you did with the Barbara and Laura Bush, who I put back to back and you said you know i'm the barbara bush i'm laura she's laura i'm barbara i yeah, like right, that right and then i believe joe correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> i think you changed the lyrics i wrote regarding hillary clinton i'm pretty sure you you uh, originated some new material in well there. i added some stuff i think you did <laughs> <laughs> and i couldn't help but re- remind myself that there was a moment where you said you weren't sure I should go with the health reform gag yeah. <laughs> <laughs> earlier. That's right. But you saw fit to throw in a giant cigar line right yeah. after the cocaine line we had earlier. That's right. <laughs> so it just it I, ends, we can take it, it out. I don't care, but they, you know. No, I I was just gonna say it ends strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? So uh and I'm the one you thought should give old Bill the push. And it's this back and forth with the with the chorus. Uh, give old Bill the push, he went too far. Um, out with a whoosh, with a cigar. Is <laughs> How proud of you. How proud of yourself were you, Joe? I was, at this point, I think I was delirious. I think I think I doubled over laughing at least three times when I was playing this back. I thought, does well, this know, work? My, does this work? <laughs> yes, it works. My best stuff usually ends up hitting delete. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it may go. Who knows? It may go. But you know, we'll see. We'll we'll see how that goes. But I, you know, all right, I'm well. That's that's all I have, Joe. I I'm I think when you put together. The prologue with the first lady's theme with this interior section, I think it's a killer opening number. Well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's what I'd like to try and do next. We could enlist a couple of singers to help us do a workshop kind of demo, lightly produced, maybe piano, maybe singers only, we could throw in some, I could throw in some uh, bass and drums, maybe. That shouldn't be too difficult to do. And then see if anyone has any Do a interest- demo. Yeah, do a demo, exactly. So, and then see if anyone has any interest in listening to it. Certainly seen one. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. look, at, look, at, look at where we are. So we started this ridiculous idea. Yeah. Two fools trying to make a musical, yep. starting with a project long dormant. Yep. Wasn't going anywhere. Correct. Weren't sure it really worked. Scrapped it. Came up with a new idea. And now we have a complete first scene, pretty much. And we also have an ending scene. And now all we got to do is get from Fill point it A in. to point Z. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, but <laughs> as if that you know, just throw that eh, whole middle section in there. I won't but take you know any time. What? Uh, honestly, I mean, if you know where it's going, and we have a structure in mind, I mean, that's really just then that's just doing the work of generating the material. Like we know what it is. We've got the pillars right of the Brooklyn Bridge in place. Now we just got to string the suspension material and lay in the road deck. I I think we have done, uh, not knowing what we were going to end up with when we started, I am pretty pumped about this, I it, what we have. I yeah. think it's pretty good. 
I I think I think it is. I think it's well. Again, we'll we'll see. I mean, again, less does not judge our own. British, work. you're always so down in the mouth all the time. Well, cautious, <laughs> cautiously optimistic. Let's go with that. I think it's I I think it's it's way better than what we had before. Don't you think? Yes, yes, hundred percent better than what we had before. Loads better. Yeah this 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 feels right. Yes, I'm very excited about it. All right, let's finish it. Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's the end of season one, um, and we'll uh, we'll get to work and and create some stuff and see where season two brings us. Exciting. Fantastic. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, thank you to the one listener who has made it all the way through. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Uh, you. <laughs> You're welcome. I should that that reminds me. I should text my mother. <laughs> um, no, th- thank you very much for for listening. This is it's it's really been a fantastic joy for us, and I hope it's been the same for you. And um, there we are. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. So. My name's Joe. And I'm Steve. And you have thankfully been listening to... Two Fools That Made a Little Bit of a Musical. We did, and we'll see if we can make a little bit more. Excellent. Thank you. For more foolishness, and hopefully soon... Visit twofoolstrying.com, like us on Facebook, and follow at Two Fools Trying on Instagram and Twitter.